0: But I think the understanding of technology and what technology brings to a solution, how it can add value to a solution, that mindset, I think, is really important. And that's something we should focus on.
1: Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI, Mind, Machines and the Great Descent
2: Thanks that you tuned in again to listen and to learn. We are Oli and Avery, and we are super stoked to welcome today's Genius Mind, Peter Dudell. Peter is the head of tools and processes for global compensation and benefits at the new Siemens Energy Company. He says about himself, that he has a desire to innovate by implementing creative and suitable solutions. Isn't that awesome? So, Peter, thanks so much for joining in today. Um, So how are you doing and where do we catch you at the moment?
0: Yeah, Avery, thanks for having me. And at the moment, I'm actually busy. We're going for the first go-live of our new compensation and benefits platform the next upcoming month. And there are a lot of things to do. So, of course, I'm working from home in the home office due to the COVID-19 situation, but it works out pretty good for me.
2: Sounds exciting. Can you maybe quickly describe yourself? So, who are you and how did your path actually lead you to Siemens? And I guess that means to Team Purple?
0: Yeah. So, my name is Peter. I'm 36, uh, having a wife and two kids, living in the south of Munich and Actually, I was in KPMG for a short time in management consulting due to my desire to optimize processes and, and go for the new innovations that, that you know, most of the times find consulting. But after the probation period, actually, I was then brought to Siemens. So actually, I quit on the last day of my probation and, and uh, went to Siemens since I got a really good offer in the, the equity team. 2012 it was and in that time i was responsible for the share plan and after some time i got more into the accounting topics i i led several big it projects including the new global plan management tool that was developed over a period of two and a half years and is now actually handling siemens energy siemens health and and siemens ag from an equity perspective so all the equity processes are basically operated in there I did the implementation of the Siemens profit sharing from an IT perspective. And after that time, I I decided to to see some new things. So that was the time when I joined the Finance Innovation Lab in the CFR 5, so some years ago, to go even more into innovation and to even get closer to technology and bringing technology into processes to create value. And that was actually also the time where I, for the first time, I got to know Uli and this team and all the topics. I remember that very well. So really good talks and really good projects back then. But then after two years, like trying out all those interesting technologies and, and uh, projects, I went back to my old boss and trying now to bring innovation to Siemens Energy HR, Combenben, that uh, meaning... That we are now trying to, with a green field, creating a new application platform, bringing data together and and bringing value to, to Team Purple.
2: Sounds good. You mentioned before that you are currently in the home office because of Corona, of course. How do you experience the current situation? What is it that gets you and your team motivated? And how do you cope with this challenge?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's a hard situation for everybody. Some people like the home office. I, I like it for myself because I don't have to travel to work roughly one, one and a half hours now uh, on a single way, on a single track. And that saves me a lot of time. Other people don't like it at home because maybe they don't have the space. And, of course, also sometimes children are on, That makes it not easier uh, to, to be in meetings and stay concentrated. But actually, I think for everybody, we have enough flexibility to, to find a workaround, Right. You can sometimes meet your colleagues at work. you can arrange days where you go in you can you can have regular meetings also not talking about business but having like social interaction with your colleagues and discuss how everybody's feeling and how, how everybody's motivated or if you're down, you can try to motivate each other so I think at the at the moment my team and myself we are doing a pretty good job. We have like daily short calls and not only about business topics of course, it helps to stay connected on business topics even on the, that short cycle but It also helps just to chat and to see if everybody is still fine and how everybody copes with the challenges, right? So I think I'm I'm doing pretty well. And also my team is, hopefully, and I I believe so. And I hope everybody else is as well.
1: I think there's also always positive and negative side on there and a positive side. Like I was super surprised how, how well everybody, you know, cope with the challenge, embracing, you know, this uncertainty, embracing this totally digitalization, full in now. And also, you know, stuck in home office in in different formats, right? That's great. But if we talk it since we are an AI podcast, right? So I guess, you know, we are coming from a hype of, you know, consumer platforms, right? Amazons and Google search engines and advertising, promotion, personalization on offerings, stuff like that, right? And I guess if one thinks about Siemens, then they think about, you know, industry 4.0, you know, what is AI in industrial space? What is industrial AI? But I guess, you know, a, a natural reflex is that the next front of AI is actually, you know, maybe your own salary, your own promotion prediction, right? How far would you go or would you trust machine learning algorithms, you know, to be the only you know, supervision for HR companion to manage, I don't know, autonomously, right? HR task, target setting, salary negotiations. Would you trust like, okay, the definition if someone gets promoted is entirely done by data analytics or by, by machine learning, say. Is that something you would say, yeah, we'll, we'll soon we'll be able, we need to trust these systems? What's your stake on that?
0: That's a really long and good question, actually. I think... From my perspective, in the corporate functions, we often are not so far into technology and innovations as we are in the business, because there is certainly more need to embed all that intelligence and and, uh, that value creation into the products to be uh, successful on the markets. And on the corporate functions, it's often around um, operating standardized processes and bringing service to businesses and to regions. And sometimes the real process optimization and going that next step to having that state-of-the-art technology in place is not the most important one. But I think it it should become that those technologies get embedded into those processes as well on a better scale, meaning that we need to to bring data together, that actually people in the change management process will be able to trust algorithms and to trust proposals from systems making maybe not the decisions on a certain topic, but getting the proposals that somebody should get promoted, for example, or what should, what could be a meaningful salary increase for a person. But I think before that step, we need to really tackle our like, data processes or, or data quality. We need to bring the data together in a place where this is possible and where we can rely on on a good data quality before we can actually start the change management, the, the thinking of people that AI could make those those proposals, right?
1: So that means in AI comes benefits aspects, right? Uh, you think it's, you know, as soon as we hit the data readiness, let's say, level on a mat- mature level, right? Then we are able actually to predict somehow the performance and maybe also, you know, who to hire, who to promote um, on, on the people's scale, on the people analytics scale. Is that doable?
0: I think the algorithm alone depends on how it's feed, how good the data quality is its based on, or how good it's trained right so I think in the, in, the, in the transformation period, certainly there will be some input needed, some experience for managers, some like soft values that come into place that that are hard to bring in from a data perspective from a history perspective. but I think that the field of HR data is so broad in terms of what kind of data you're having right and what kind of Okay, data you would be able to track. That it certainly would make sense to to try out use cases with AI and to see basically how good the technology compares to manual decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: obviously, it comes very close, right? If you move more towards you know automating transaction world, if you know you predict somehow performance, but also expectations. Interesting, right? It it may comes with a flavor like. It provides more fairness because at the moment you have the trustee. The trustee is your manager, right? And the manager assesses the performance of employees and also, you know, grades, upgrades, or, you know, um, empowering, a hard thing to do for algorithms, I guess. Uh, But, you know, on given his empathy and given the history of engagement we had with employees, how would you, you know, what kind of data is be needed in, in capturing these kinds of empathetics and engagements, flaws and, and, and great experiences, right? Is that doable or is it, can, can it be nailed down on such a level that's numbers, you know, encoded in numbers?
0: I think that the problem is that the quality of data you will be creating or you will be needing for this is depending on how good it's maintained. So how good is the process that a manager or an employee actually creates that data by, let's say, having a survey, having a certain process in place, right? And how good is the user experience? How do those people, like the manager and his employee, trust in that system so they give actually an honest feedback? What's really important, because if you have fake data, you will have fake uh, outputs from the algorithm, right? So I think... It's not only the technology and the data you need for it, but also the process to bring everybody along to participate in the process, to participate actually in creating the data that is necessary to then benefit from the result. And the understanding of this topic is even more important than actually the technology itself.
2: That's a very interesting perspective. But if we have a look like on the overall HR domain, do you see a great impact of AI there? So are there any use cases that come to your mind, maybe externally that you're excited about or that you think are super important or making a great impact?
0: Yeah, so I didn't see any like external use case yet that I'm really excited about, but I think we have many interesting fields, especially when we will start to combine data within HR or even data from HR with other departments, right? Meaning, for example, to be more sensitive about retention cases in the company and to to connect basically compensation data with survey data regarding happiness of the employees and to, to make theories regarding could a bad compensation package be something that leads to employee not being happy anymore. And and also then going bringing in performance data, nevertheless what how performance is measured right, but somehow to bring in performance data and to see okay, how does this affect my top performers or my my top performers in a certain region right, and how can I do actually measures to make my top performers and the people I definitely wanna have in my company to push the company forward, how can I make them more happy, right, and could compensation be one of those those components that are influencing that happiness?
2: Yeah definitely, that it also has an effect, like maybe on the motivation or performance in the end. So in your previous role, you were one of the first to um, explore the capabilities of natural language interfaces and bot automation for the accounting domain. So what was the path or the challenges that arised um, on your way to push digitalization in that field?
0: So actually, that was a very exciting field, and I'm still very thankful to my old colleagues that we had the flexibility to work in this topic very freely and to explore it and to test basically how we can use that technology within a certain field within finance to to create value for everybody involved in the processes. I think it was still sometimes not that easy because it was a very fresh technology. Everybody was talking about IBM Watson and, and other basically packages you could you could use for that. And I think also it was starting up to have the, the bot community in the AI lab. So we, there was a lot of good exchange also with people from business and other departments, but it was a lot of exploration that needed to be done. And every time something is that new, you always have not the, the biggest support from from management because nevertheless, you still need to present a use case at the end to invest a certain money in a technology or in a new process, right? Or, to an enhancement but nevertheless we we created some very good chatbots that also went productive uh, some of them and I think it was a great exploration for finance to see what the technology can add to the business processes and I'm definitely sure that the colleagues of mine still being in the finance innovation lab greetings to Sven Beckman and Tim Westhoff they are continuing this path and they are following up on this and I'm certain the next month something will happen there so I don't want to spoil it, but uh, they are still uh, tracking that path down and having some great ideas and, and following up on that.
2: That sounds exciting for sure. So we will stay tuned about that. So pushing AI and automation solution probably also poses challenges. On also the team side or the colleagues, it might be difficult with regards to upskilling. Maybe you need a different mindset or more agility. So can you maybe share some of your challenges but also best practices that you collected throughout your experience. So what does it mean to push AI in the area of HR?
0: So I think regarding AI, we are still in the very, very beginning of exploring that field in HR. I think, like I said before, we are still on, on some of the basics regarding data readiness, like you said. But upskilling and mindset is something really individual. So it's not bad to start with upskilling and creating the right mindset and or trying to create the right mindset in a a bigger scale to be then ready when we actually also have the the data in place and we have the the processes aligned so we can start tackling the problems with AI and create value by bringing AI use cases into the RFHR. I think it's the upskilling is a really important part because for me, it was always very easy to try out new technologies and to get into that fields. And I think somebody that is not that much into technology as I am will sometimes have a bit more hard time to understand how a graph database works, or how how AI works in general with all the different facets it has. Right. So I think the upskilling and the understanding of technology is important. We don't need everybody to be able to create algorithms. We don't need everybody to create apps and and like state-of-the-art technology solutions but i think the understanding of technology and what technology brings to a solution how it can add value to a solution that mindset i think is really important and that's something we should focus on
1: True. How do you do that, right? It's, it's a natural reflex of, you know, is then, uh, I don't know, you know, get an intro to flow-based analytics flows, rapid miner, NIME, and these kinds of aspects, right? But th- these hit then, you know, even though you as analytics expert, right, you know, how to cope with that and, okay, get, get the hands a bit dirty is to get a, a rough understanding. But this hits also, right, or colleagues who, you know, used to say, hey, we always did it with Axel right? (laughs) We we always do it, right? I save my files on my local file and not sharing anything, right? You know, how do you do that? Do you do classes, tutorials, or how do you incentivize that, you know, people, hey, you know, get a glimpse on, you know, on, on the opportunities that are there also with the toolings,
0: right? I think first of all, what I normally do is I create a vision, right? I tell people where I'm actually heading to and what I think would be the right direction to bring up a discussion and to get see how basically what are the interests of the people and what is their vision. And I think in the next step, it's really important when we are creating pilots, for example, and using, for example, nine to explain it, what is actually different to Excel and where are the advantages and what makes lives easier when using our nine solution, but not the Excel solution. And this transparency at the end creates understanding and Once the colleagues are trying such a solution or are seeing what we are building now in the new platform, it's still, of course, not always easy to convince people to use a new process or a new tool. But as long as they see the advantage of it, it makes it a lot easier.
1: Speaking of data readiness and maturity, right? Uh, That's you know it doesn't matter in which vertical, in which businesses you look in, right? That's still a super, super crazy challenge, right? It's still the challenge for all large organizations: how to get my you know company data ready, right? From a process improvement, from cleansing process also legal approaches, right, and stuff like that. So, obviously, also a natural reflex of large corporation is like, hey, we need a certain kind of roles, right? We need, back in the days, they discussed the chief AI officer, right? (laughs) And for certain aspects, a lot of things is that there are certain kinds of data roles, like a chief data officer is needed. Do you think that these kinds of positions, you know, corporates, large corporates, would need it or businesses need, would need such a role in order to accelerate a bit of the maturity, the data visioning, the data you know focus in an organization, or do we have every, every instrument in there? What, what is your stake on that?
0: Yeah, at, at the moment, I think in that topic, of course we have potential for optimization. I'm not sure if like a, a new role like a chief data officer would be the solution to the current situation or to make it better. Because, of course, with such an office and the employees behind it, you will create new processes and maybe sometimes also some bureaucracy. For once, I think we need a mindset that data is not within a silo. Data should belong to everybody within a company and everybody that is able to create a really good use case out of data, even if it's from another department or another function or area, should be able to do so as long as it creates value for the company. That is one point. And I think we need kind of um, some kind of a standardized process where that data is brought together, where we have a certain rule regarding data quality and data cleansing to make that data available to everybody. I heard from a company that has a really cool procedure in terms of having sandbox environments where people having a use case get the sandbox environments with all technology available with like sets, example sets from data available from every function and, and business and region. And it's like playing data, right? They can try out the use case and see actually if it's worth it. And once it's worth, they get full access to the data, fully supported by IT and management to make it happen. And I think that's something I really admire, and I really would would also like to see more in in companies yeah that sounds too too good to be true for machine learning. Gig. I know hard is to get you
1: know the access to data and to you know how running through individual silos, so if this you know whatever company that is you know it figured out that smart way, it's great, I think that's you know. Hopefully, hey, call me.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how that works out, right? Because it's yeah, it's yeah. Still, the data transparency, right? The data means transparency, and transparency is not necessarily everybody wants to be honest, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And sometimes it's also a screwed uh, transparency, right? Uh, we need to cover just for so at least I need uh, need uh, we need your opinion on that, right? If you know, a recent study showed right that uh, with regards to gender pay gap. Right, a recent study showed that in Czech Republic it's a hundred years. In France it's a thousand years. You know, and, uh, women need to mate If we continue the path of of gender gaps here, right, uh, on the path, would machine learning be, you know, smart AI system uh, would would do that the job much better than right? If with human oversight, this will bring us nowhere with regards to equal pay, right? maybe here an AI needs to take over to accelerate a bit of the direction here. A thousand years seems to be really, really tough. What do you think on that? Is maybe this differently biased algorithms, right? Maybe then um, more unbiased, even though whatever that means, right? With regards to gender
0: split. I I think I have two opinions on that. All right. Basically, one, one opinion is I strongly believe that Data-driven decisions or decisions of proposals will be the future in many, many processes and many, many areas. Mm -hmm. Saying so that still somebody will have to take the decision, but getting a really good proposal or like one or two really good proposals helps making the decision. So the insight and transparency help making the decisions. And still you have to train your leadership to make the right decisions. So that's one opinion. And the second opinion is that regarding the algorithm, again, and I think that there were many examples, right, where the algorithm, like an iBis bot, for example, like a, the Twitter bot got really biased and racist after two days, the Microsoft bot, I think it was, where it got racist after two days when people were finding out that it learns from getting Twitter feeds in the interaction, right, the Twitter interaction, and and then it was a racist bot after two days. So I think it's really depending also then, how good is the data for the algorithm? And again, the data comes only from what people are doing currently. That uh, leads again to the conclusion that managers need to be. If we're not trained. changing
1: our behavior, we're always yeah. uh,
0: keeping the trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, maybe maybe yeah. the bot will be even more biased than the managers. <laughs> see, right? yeah. Or maybe
2: yeah. it uh, will uncover like that there is a bias and make it more transparent.
0: Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it could be both. It could be a fraud detection bot or something like that. So I'm not sure. But I I think it can go both sides. And nevertheless, even when we are trying out the technologies to solve those problems, we should not forget to actually train the people regarding culture and behavior.
1: Mm. But as your head of tools and processor, right? And that means, right? Ecosystems are quite important, right? And we see quite some hip and hype in the world of also the AI ecosystem but also let's say software and development startups and you know quite some active scene um, in ecosystems in the digital space right and that seems significantly driving further and further right and that that stretches boundaries also on collaboration I guess right cross boundaries cross organizationals right which leaves quite some folks and colleagues in uncertainty. You know, what do we do? What what shall other do, right? Do we need to compete or do we need to join, right? How do you see the role of ecosystems also in your tooling? Is that um, how do you foster these kinds of collaborations? How do you interface, right? Um, I think AI ecosystems and ecosystem partners as well as collaboration seems to be key, but uh, it's, it's pretty tricky sometimes, right? How to play that game effectively. Any view on that, on the role of partners, and ecosystems in developing
0: solutions? Yeah, I think collaboration is important on many scales. So on the individual scale, for example, with my team, I say collaboration is really important because everybody has different strengths. And I always say basically also, please collaborate with everybody else. And my team is collaborating with everybody else because they then match with the strength of other people again, right? And bring in different views and, and feedback and... Ideas. So I think the the cross silo thinking is extremely important to not stay on the same spot, to get up speed, to accelerate, to get better ideas and, and feedback, but also to create solutions that that not only add value within your own silo, but for the company as a whole. Right? Because, for example, when now building the incentive processes, I think we have the solution maybe to help our our finance colleagues by just adding one or two more process steps into our solution that makes their life easier at the end. So, of course, we could say we are only a giant. We don't need to do that. But at the end, I think it will help the the company in in total since we can easier implement it and do it now within our solution than just handing it over to finance and letting them take care about it. So and I think that kind of thinking would be important for many other areas within the company as well. And I think it's already lived in many areas, but of course, we can always get better.
2: Yeah, you just mentioned helping the company and maybe also helping yourself. That could be uh, made possible if you go and do upskilling or take trainings um, or really try to understand the technology. That was also what you said before. So um, do you have any recommendations for books or online education courses for people out there that... I really want to go that way and upskill or learn something new in the field of data-driven organizations and leadership, maybe.
0: I can only speak for myself since I learned programming some years ago because I was really interested in not only managing IT projects, but also understanding what actually is done by developers, right? What is the effort if I have an idea and somebody needs to implement it? So I actually learned it myself. I'm I'm not sure, I I would not like to rate myself on any scale, but uh, I think it's okay. And that's, I spend many, many hours in in different technologies, learning those and trying to learn those. And uh, for this, I always use certain video platforms, right? To, since it's really easy for me to watch videos and to get like exercises and to be able to go on review and watch it again. (laughs) Sometimes when I have a busy day, I forgot what I watched last evening. And uh, But I think the most important part is the motivation to actually striving for the change, striving for information and for development, individual development. And then it's the easiest to find something where you can get resources to learn something. If you have the motivation to learn it, you will always find a way in terms of if you're watching videos, reading PDFs or getting whatever course on Coursera, you will always find a way to learn it.
2: Definitely, you're right. So motivation is, um, is key and is at the heart of every new start of something. Peter, we are already at the end of this session. Time was flying with you. But before we call it a day, we have um, a small game. We always do it, the final five. So I have five couple of sentence starter phrases and you will just finish them. So are you ready?
0: Yes.
2: Okay. Siemens is...
0: One of the few companies striving for social impact.
2: I like that. Data readiness is?
0: Far away. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Bam.
2: (laughs) Straightforward, yeah. Innovation is?
0: Innovation is sometimes just a buzzword, but gets more meaningful when you look at the details.
2: Right. Corona has taught me.
0: The social interaction sometimes is more important than other topics.
2: That's right. And last but not least, my personal superpower is?
0: Visual ideas I want to implement that are still far away, but they are that are giving me basically a goal where I can head to. Oh,
1: make it tangible, right? Peter, thanks so much you know, for spending this time with you and being you and being that open and being that blended and, and that also that bold, right? Um, it was a pleasure talking to you and I, it's, I think great also for the audience out there. And hey, folks out there, stay tuned. There's so much to come. Stay bold, committed and open-minded and we hear it all together at the next Siemens A.A.L.A. podcast. Cheers. Thanks. Mm-hmm.